Welcome back, my friend, to the God Made Man podcast. Today is day number 18 of 90 days of putting lust to bed. We're going over Proverbs chapter 7 today, my favorite proverb, not just because of the content of the proverb, but because of the poetic nature of it. I like reading literature that is poetic in nature, and this proverb is one that that I like to read. We're going to read through the proverb entirely, 27 verses, and then I'm going to go over four points to consider when it comes to avoiding sexual immorality, four little nuggets that we can take away from this. So let's begin. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 1. My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments within you. Keep my commandments and live, and my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers and write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your kinswoman that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. For at the window of my house, I looked through my casement, and I saw among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man, void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner. And he went the way to her house, in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. And there was a woman who met him with the attire of a harlot, and subtle of heart. She is loud and stubborn, her feet... Do not abide in her house. Now she is without, now in the streets, and she lies in wait at every corner. So she caught him, and she kissed him. And with impudent face she said to him, I have peace offerings with me. This day I have paid my vows. Therefore I I have come to meet you diligently to seek your face, and I have found you. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linens of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh and aloes and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us find solace in love with love. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the, at the appointed day. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. And with the flattering of her lips, she seduced him. He went after her straight away, as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, until a dart struck through his liver. As a bird hastens to the snare, he did not know it would cost him his life. Listen to me now, therefore, O children, and listen to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not go astray in her paths. For she has cast down many wounded, and many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. There are so many contextually, uh, so, so many different things in this proverb that I wish I can go through that you know would give this proverb more light and more color. There are certain little contextual nuggets that, if we really look into the history of what was going on at the time, can really you know give a, give a lot of light into what's going on in the proverb. But unfortunately, I don't have the time. To do it, so I'm going to kind of analyze this from a high-level point of view. Four different things to consider, four points to have in mind when it comes to avoiding sexual immorality. Number one, be firmly committed to what God says is right and good. This proverb starts off in the similar way that we read yesterday in, in Proverbs chapter 6, where a father is telling his son, hey, keep my commands. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Bind them to your fingers. Don't forget them. Memorize them. Because this is what's going to help you in life. 
with with life in general, but this is also going to keep you from going down a path that you will regret. So number one is be firmly committed to what God says is good and right. But how can we be firmly committed to something that we don't know? How can we be firmly committed to the word of God if we don't know the word of God? So that's number one. Read the word of God. One of the Psalms says, God, I take delight in your law. I take, I take, I'm happy to follow your precepts, your law and your commandments, because I know that they're put in place for my good, for my flourishing. So when we read the word of God, many times, you know, people say it's constricting and I understand that I get it. But when we look at the context of why it was written, we see that it was put forth by a God who does care for us, who wants the best for us, and doesn't want to withhold things from us, but wants us to enjoy life to the fullest, just like a father would for his kids. Number one, be firmly committed to what God says is good and right. But even before that, know what God says is good and right. Read the word, get it into your being, and be firmly committed to it. That's the foundation. Number two. Don't allow your thoughts to dwell on lustful pleasures. In verse 25, the father says, don't let your heart turn aside to her ways. Meaning, you know, biblically speaking, the heart is who we are, the core of who we are as a being. And the father says, don't let that turn aside to her ways. Don't let your thoughts, your your heart, your desires turn aside to her ways. He doesn't say your actions, right? He says who you are. Don't let that turn aside to her ways. Martin Luther, the monk, said, you can't prevent a bird from flying over your head, but you you can prevent it from making a nest in your hair. And what he is saying is, there are certain things in life that are inevitable. You're going to have that random lustful thought. You're going to have that weird wet dream, random thought that comes into your mind that all of a sudden you're just feeling like sexually charged. You're going to see something walking out in the mall. Somebody's going to be dressed a certain way that's going to catch your attention especially at the gym, right? If you go to the gym, these these uh, these modern-day workout outfits. Mm-mm-mm. It, it is... Uh, I'm going to leave it there, right? It catches your attention. You're going to be online and a pop-up is going to pop up on your screen or an advertisement, you're going to see something or randomly in a movie, there's a sex scene. And what I'm saying is there are inevitable things that will just pop up in front of you. You can't control those things. You can't, like a bird, prevent it from flying over your head. But you can prevent your mind from dwelling on it. You can prevent yourself from taking that second look or from looking at it a little longer. You can prevent yourself from researching what you just saw out of curiosity and letting curiosity get the best of you, right? That's where we start to walk down the path. It's not a sin for us to have this sexual thought or to see something in front of us randomly that we can't control. That's not a sin. But the next step will determine which way we're going to go. If we dwell on the thought, you know, the word here is dwell, which means to kind of camp out, to to settle down. You take that thought and you ruminate on it. You think about it. You ponder it. And it starts to become more than a thought. That's where the root starts to take hold into your life. The thought becomes more than a thought. It becomes a desire. It becomes an urge. It becomes a compelling force that leads you into an action, something that you will regret, something that will affect you. And will affect those around you. So number two, don't allow your thoughts to dwell on lustful pleasures. This is a muscle that needs to be exercised. It's not going to be easy right off the bat, but it's something that needs to be exercised every single time that we're presented with the opportunity. Number three, 
How do we avoid sexual immorality? By avoiding tempting and compromising situations. In today's world, that means literally and electronically, right? We in the in the passage, we see a man who a young man who was walking down a path at a certain time and he runs into a certain woman, right? If he had known where he was going and who was going to be on that path, he could have prevented himself from all of the destruction that comes afterwards, right? It says, like like an ox going to the slaughter, like a fool to the correction of the stocks, he did not know it would cost him his life. All of that could have been prevented if he had just known where he was going, when he was going, and who he was going to run into. There's another YouTube channel that I watch called Active Self-Protection, and it's a, it's a YouTube site that's run by a former police officer who analyzes CCTV footage from all over the world. Robberies and muggings and murders, you name it, carjackings. He goes through all kinds of different scenarios and situations and badge cam videos and is really entertaining stuff. And as you watch it, you become more aware and you become more self-aware of your surroundings. Even when you're going to, to your house and when you're going out into public, there are certain things that you become more aware about and it makes you wiser in your everyday life. It makes you less of a target when it comes to these, these occurrences. Anyway, in the YouTube channel, there's a common theme that occurs and that's in order to avoid these life-threatening situations, if you just avoid going to stupid places at stupid times with stupid people, you can nine times out of 10 prevent yourself from falling prey to a murder or mugging or carjacking or whatever these detrimental you know, situations are. If you just avoid the stupid place at the stupid time with the stupid people, you'll be good. So translating that over to this guy, he's walking down this path. It says in verse eight, passing through the street near her corner. He went the way to her house, right? He's in a stupid place. What time? In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. There's nobody else around. It's just him walking. Maybe one streetlight is there and he's just walking, oblivious to where he's going and who he's about to run into. Stupid time. Stupid people, right? The, the, the verse says right here uh, in verse 7, I discerned among the youths a man void of understanding doesn't have understanding, doesn't know what's going on. He is not wise. So we have stupid people walking down a stupid place at a stupid time. What else can we expect other than some serious consequences? And in, like I said, in today's world, this is not just literally all the time, right? This is electronically, virtually. We have to avoid certain things, certain places, certain websites, certain social media sites, certain apps that we have to avoid if we want to prevent ourselves from going down that road. Let me name a few. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit. These are all good sites in a, in a sense, but these are all used by people who make more explicit content as a gateway drug into that ex more explicit content, right? It sparks the interest. It's not going to be explicit on these websites. Well, some of them are. It's not going to be explicit there, but these are used as a gateway drug to hook people into the more explicit stuff, into more, like, you don't just end there. You're gonna, your search is going to go further down, right? Further down. But if you're aware of this, if, you know, I, I know for myself that that Instagram is a, is a good site. There's a lot of things you can learn from there, and there's a lot of good information on there. But I also know that there's a lot of unwanted content, stuff that I don't want to see 
stuff that I know that if I see, it's going to make me start thinking certain thoughts. It's going to make me start to be curious about certain things, a path that I don't want to go down. So since I don't want to go down that path, I'm not even going to log on. I usually don't keep Instagram on my phone. If I, if I want to log on to, you know, the channel, uh, Instagram, which by the way, the godmademan.com, I'm on Instagram. If I want to log on to that, I have to re-download the app and then I'll always delete the app after I'm done using it just because I don't want easy access to this gateway drug. That's what it is. Same with Twitter and TikTok and all these other websites. We would be fools to think that if we're just constantly going through this information or this media in front of our minds, that we're not conditioning ourselves to want something more. These are gateway drugs into heavier things. Number three, avoid tempting and compromising situations. If you know that hanging out with a certain group of people is going to lead to a certain temptation and is going to weaken your self-resolve to, to overcome it, don't hang out with them. If you know that if I go to a certain place at this certain time, I know what's going to happen. I know who's going to be there. Don't go there. Don't, just don't go there. Don't go at that time. Avoid those places. And once again, I'm not saying we should be, you know, Luddites where we're, we're, we're banning everything and where we think everything is evil and, you know, we just stay away from social media and social interaction completely. I'm not saying that. But I am saying we need to be wise and know that there are certain good things available to us that also have certain evil aspects to them that are meant to draw us in, that are meant to catch our attention. They're meant to pull us deeper in, into something heavier, something stronger, gateway drugs into greater sins. And if we know that for ourselves, then I personally would say, cut it off, cut it off, learn to have self-control there or set boundaries for yourself when it comes to these websites, these social media apps, you know, I'm only going to access it at a certain time. I'm not going to access it too late at night. I'm going to keep it off of my phone, maybe just access it from a desktop version, whatever it may be. I'm not going to go out at a certain time of night, or I'm not going to hang out with a certain group of people. I, I'm, I, because I know that if I go down that path, at a certain point, I can't return. At a certain point, it's just going to be too tempting. This guy who's walking out in the streets, he's walking down. And I'm sure when he first saw this woman, right, it says, there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot right? I'm sure he was caught off guard right away because he thought he was the only one walking down this path. He was caught off guard. And then she caught him. She kissed him. And with a shameless face, she said to him, all these good things. Hey, check it out. I have made my vows. My bed is ready to go. The candles are lit. I got some Keith sweats playing in the background. The sounds are right. The smells are right. My husband is gone. The situation is just perfect. Sleep with me. And I'm sure at first it caught him off guard. He wasn't thinking this was going to happen, but slowly he, he kept thinking, oh, okay, all right, all right, I see the candles, okay, all right, it does smell pretty good up in here, oh, and, and you're looking good, and, and slowly that thought became more and a desire, and he started to rationalize in his mind, okay, her husband is gone, I'm not going to really get caught, nobody's going to know, it's late at night, I'm just going to get this done and go about my day, and he didn't know it was going to cost him everything. I'm spending a little bit more time on point number three because I feel like this is, this is so key. If we can avoid certain things, certain places, certain times of the day, if we can be aware of what, of what begins us down that path, we can prevent ourselves from going down that path. It's so important that we realize that. 
that we're wise, that we're pondering our paths, that we have to think with the end in mind. Speaking of the end in mind, point number four, we have to remember that this kind of sin leads to sorrow, regret, and death. In verse 23, it says, as a bird hastens to the snare, he did not know it would cost him his life. In verse 26 and 27, it says, for she has cast down many wounded and many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. And it sounds like an over-exaggeration. Death? Are you like, this is just, you know, a little sexual immorality. It's not going to be death, but it is. It will res result in spiritual death of our souls, separation and distance, a wedge between us and our creator, a wedge between us and the relationships that we'll have in our life. It will have consequences and regret as we go down this path, sorrow, especially as we read in chapter six yesterday. So start with the end in mind. When we are tempted, you know, I, I like to remind myself, okay, Jeremy, I, I become more and more logical when these temptations come. And I've reminded myself, okay, if I go down this path, if I continue on Instagram or Twitter or Reddit or whatever it is, if I continue down this path, where is it going to lead? Well, I know that I'm going to start wanting something more, something heavier, something deeper. And I know that in the end, I am going to regret the decision. I'm going to regret the time that I wasted, the effort and energy that I wasted when I could have done something else. I am going to have this sense of guilt and shame that all the work that I've been doing has been just thrown aside. I'm going to have a sense of distance between me and God, knowing that I purposely and knowingly did something that grieved the Holy Spirit. Start with that end in mind, and it'll be so much easier for us to know for us to not even go down this path to begin with. Four things to consider when avoiding sexual immorality. Number one, be firmly committed to what the Word of God says is right and good. Number two, don't allow your thoughts to dwell on lustful pleasures. Remove it, cut it off right away. Number three, avoid tempting and compromising situations. Stupid places at stupid times with stupid people, avoid it. Prevent yourself from even going down further into the path by not even getting started on the path. And number four, remember that this kind of sin or sin in general leads to sorrow, to regret, and to death. Just like the father said in the beginning of this chapter, I'm telling you, don't just listen to these words and forget about it. Write it down. Make it, you know, your wallpaper on your phone like I've talked about in the past couple episodes. Write it on a sticky note and stick it where you're going to constantly see the Word of God. When it comes to overcoming this temptation, it is a muscle. It is a, it is a discipline that is built over time. It might not be right away. It might not be in the first few days or weeks or months. But we constantly have to learn to understand and to ponder our ways and to overcome. And these four points will help us to do that. Let's not be hearers of the Word only, my friends. Let's be doers of what the word tells us. Obey the word. Reach out to a friend. Reach out to somebody that you can talk to. Go over these passages with them and do life in a community with other people. That's all I have to say for this one. I hope it helps and I'll see you tomorrow.